1: Of Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com Giants reporter. And I'm talking to you now with the Giants sitting in place with a new general manager. And his name is Joe Shane. And we're going to what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to have the executive director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, on in a few minutes. He's going to tell us about Joe Shane, what he's all about, because he knows him personally and he deals with him, you know, as, as the director of the Senior Bowl. You deal with all these people from different teams, and, and you know what they're all about. So we'll get some insight there on Joe Shane. We'll talk about that process. I'll get into the coaching search, all the little tidbits that I know about what is going on there in the coaching search. I am taping this on Tuesday night, and Brian Dable had his second interview today, actually Tuesday afternoon. And Brian Dable had his second interview today with the Giants. So he's obviously the leader in the clubhouse. I think it's fair to say that. We'll get to that in a minute. I'll tell you a little bit more about what I think about that because there's a lot of buzz around the league about Brian Dable and the Giants. But not a slam dunk. But first, let's go to Joe Shane. Okay, he gets the job. He's the He was the Bills assistant general manager. Okay, which, look, the Bills, we saw them on Sunday. You saw that team. That is a good Team. They lost to Patrick Mahomes and a really a legendary performance by Mahomes and Josh Allen there. But that team is legit good. And Brandon Bean's the general manager, and his right hand man was Joe Shane. And we talked to Brandon Bean the other day. And what kind of stood out to me was so they had a 17 hour meeting with ownership prior to that. Was it the 2018 NFL draft? You know the one where the Giants took Saquon Barkley? The Buffalo Bills took Josh Allen, seventh overall. You know how that turned out, right? Predictably, you pick the right quarterback. The fate of your franchise is totally different. You could pick the right running back. What the heck does that mean for the fate of your franchise? Squad douche is the answer to that. But anyway, so Joe Shane was part, this is what Bean said, of a 17-hour marathon meeting going over all the quarterbacks leading into that draft. So you're talking about a guy here who was involved in the biggest of biggest decisions for the Bills team as they got all their ducks in order and rebuilt the organization, which, by the way, stunk before they got there. Stunk. Bills hadn't made, what, the playoffs since the end of the Jim Kelly era. So you're talking early 90s up until about, what, 2020? So you're, you're – you're, I'm uh, – Actually, they made the playoffs in between, but you're talking about their first real run, real playoff runs. I mean, it was a 20 year drought. Actually, I don't think they made the playoffs. 20 plus year drought. Then they come, Joe Shane, I mean, I should say Brandon Bean shows up with Joe Shane as his right hand man in 2017. And look where Buffalo is now. So that's why Joe Shane is sitting here right now as the New York Giants general manager, because he was a big part of that. I even had somebody tell me today, and I think it's underestimated how big a role he had in Buffalo. And that's saying a lot because he came in as the right-hand man to Brandon because he already knew him. They had a previous relationship in Carolina, and then Joe Shaden went to Miami and then eventually landed in Buffalo. But he even had a bigger role than people are giving him credit for. So I don't see. I know how you sit here with, with the, as a Giants fan and are not just ecstatic about the possibility of Joe Shane as your general manager. Here are only good things, pretty much. And think about this for a second. The bar is so incredibly low that the Giants just upgraded exponentially from Dave Gettleman to really any living, breathing talent evaluator. Because I- I'm convinced me and you could have done as good a job or likely better than Dave Gettleman did as general manager. So... Huge upgrade for the Giants. Now, the attention turns to who's going to be the head coach. And you speak to people around the league, and all you hear is, I'd be surprised. I mean, I spoke to multiple executives, and they say, I'd be surprised. Just people around the league in general. Executives, people around the league, people who know uh, either Dable or Shane, and say, I'd be surprised if Brian Dable doesn't end up the head coach here. So I think after hearing all these things, In my estimation, oh yeah, I consider Brian Dabo right now, as we sit here, late Tuesday, as a prohibitive favorite, a strong favorite, to be the Giants head coach. I wouldn't rule out Brian Flores. I still think he has a chance to impress. He has some supporters in that building. His offensive plan is going to go a long way in determining whether he really has a chance. Because look, Brian Dabo, he brings with himself a built-in offensive coordinator, essentially. Right? That's not going to leave. That's a big thing here with the Giants. Their offense has stunk to the highest level these past few years, right? I mean, to the nth degree, stunk as bad as you can imagine. The past, the last few games, I don't know how that doesn't leave a disgusting taste in anybody's mouth for this Giants offense. So the fact that Brian Dable is the only candidate really on the offensive side that's a built-in advantage for him. Ultimately, I think you need to know who the, who's the best leader. That's who you hire as your head coach. But the fact that he's going to guide the offense, that's pretty good. Who's Brian Flores' answer? Everyone's been mum on that right now. Hasn't come out. But that is a big part of the plan. We'll see, we'll see what he has in store for the offensive side of the ball. And if that's enough, along with him personally and his leadership skills, which I think he's proven, that's what he has to his advantage. He's proven he could coach in this league. He can lead men in this league. Now, have there been missteps? Sure. He's going to have to explain them. What went wrong? What ultimately went wrong in Miami? And you hear all the noise. Flores wasn't a big Tua fan. He thinks they needed better. Is he wrong? I don't think he's wrong. Absolutely don't think he's wrong. You see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen play the other day? You want to go forward into the future? For years and years and years, with Tua, or flip the script here, Daniel Jones, you think you can compete at that level? You see how damn good those guys were? I'm t- you're talking next level quarterback play. I need somebody to go back, watch that game, and count how many sacks those two quarterbacks avoided by themselves before then going and making big plays. They make big plays by themselves and that is an incredible skill and you need to find that guy and Brian Flores knew he did not have that guy and so his relationship with the general manager there deteriorated and that's why he's looking for a new job now he wants to come to the Giants this is his first option we'll see how that goes as for uh, Brian Dable we talk about him on the offensive side then you have to say well who's his guy on the defensive side Because he kind of needs a defensive head coach, right? And the name you keep hearing, and I keep hearing from people around the league and sources that I trust on this are Wink Martindale, who just fired as the defensive coordinator of the Ravens. And he's been with the Ravens forever. I think I remember right, 2012. He's been with the Ravens for almost a decade. And you wonder, maybe he was already plotting to link up with Dayball in some way, shape, or form or, or something, or was interested in thought he might get a head coaching job. Who knows? But the reviews I've gotten on Wink Martindale are pretty damn strong too. I spoke to a veteran player who told me he was the best defensive coordinator he's ever played for. So you have Brian Dayball running the offense with Wink Martindale running the defense you should feel pretty darn good about the direction of the Giants if that's the way it turns out. Now what the Giants need to determine and what the interviews have to determine and I heard the first one went well. haven't heard anything about the second yet. Is that Is Brian Dable the leader that you want? Because that, to me, is the most important quality. We sit here and we measure resumes and this and that. The most important quality for the head coach is leadership. Not X's and O's, not offense, not defense. Leadership. Does he have that gene? Can he talk to all 65 guys in the room or whatever the number is nowadays with practice squad? Can he command that room of 65 men? Can he have the respect of his players? Can he have the respect of his coaches, not have an ego big enough to dish out responsibility to others in the organization, to hire the right people around him? This is what a head coach has to do. He's the CEO of the operation, along with the general manager. And that's what we're going to get into here. Right, The other candidates, Dan Quinn, uh, he interviewed on Monday. Also an intriguing candidate. I wouldn't completely count him out. Patrick Graham's going to go on Wednesday. Brian Flores is going to go on Thursday in regards to the interviews. And then you're going to see the Giants probably move fairly quickly after that. So I'd say by the beginning of next week, you're going to have a new head coach. Because let's say they want to bring in someone else for a second interview. You know, that might might take a couple of days. Then we're looking at the, you know, towards the beginning of next week. When the senior bowl rolls around, by the way, when you kind of want to have your coach and GM aligned, if you had a preference, it's not mandatory. But if you had a preference, you'd like to have them in place before then and then be able to go there, work on assembling your staff, work on starting to look at the players that you're going to be able to choose from in this draft, especially when the Giants, they have to pay attention to that quarterback position. They have to, have to, have to, have to. So with that being said, let's learn a little bit more about Joe Shane and the Senior Bowl. On to the next one. All right, let's bring in the executive director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy. He put himself in the middle of the uh, Giants fan and media furor by uh, saying how, how much he liked Joe Shane, the new Giants general manager, knows him, said, for, for 20 years. Uh, so we we have to get his opinion now on what exactly it is that makes him so sure that uh, Joe Shane is going to, it was a good option for the Giants. So Jim, first of all, welcome. We got the senior bowl on the horizon. I'm, I appreciate you taking the time here. I know it's, it's about to be crazy for you.
0: Yeah, Jordan. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Yeah. Things are, uh, we're in full blown, uh, game mode right now with the, with our players showing up here, uh, this coming Sunday. So, uh, and then we got the HBCU combine happening with the league office, uh, two days prior. So yeah, we are, uh, we are cranking
1: down here in Mobile, Alabama. First, I got to ask you because it, co- it came to my head once or twice. Do people sometimes slip and call you Matt? Do you get, <laughs> do you get the Matt Nagy thing? You're not related, right? First, We are not related. I, okay. No one
0: ever slips and calls me Matt, but people ask me all the time if I'm related to him. Um, and we're not. Um, we actually had a brief time together with the Kansas City Chiefs. I was going out the door and he was co- I was going out with uh, – the Pioli regime and he was coming in with the Andy Reed regime. So we had about three months carryover together in KC, and uh really good guy, man. I enjoyed, I enjoyed our time together, but uh, I always joke, we're not, we're not related, but I kind of wish we were cause then I'd, I'd have to have someone to hit up for a loan every now and then. I know <laughs> uh, he, his bank account looks a lot better than mine does. Yeah.
1: Head coach. I don't know. Executive director, of the senior bowl head coach of the bears. I mean, it, was, it seems equitable to me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But no, let's no, get into no, no. Joe Shane for a second. Said you've known yeah. him for 20 years. You never really worked on the same staff as him, right? Right. So, no, never, never worked together. How is it that you know him, and what what do you know about
0: him? Yeah, we were. You know, we 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 kind of broke into the business together, and uh, you know, we were both young guys, and and uh, just you know, just like things like the Senior Bowl and the Combine. I mean, and then just being out of road uh, on the road at schools. You know, you, you really get to know. Sometimes you get closer with the guys on other teams than on your own staff. You almost spend you almost spend more time with guys in your area that you're scouting as a young scout than you do guys on your staff. So, no, I just I, I tweeted out a couple of things last week about Joe and then about you know Adam Peters and Ryan Poles who I who I had worked on staffs with before again just to get like just to get it out there like some some credible stuff if you will um, you know there's not a lot of NFL guys on on Twitter or former NFL guys and. So, uh, you know, and I see a lot of misinformation out there about candidates. And again, I've never speak to guys that, uh, you know, I, I, I said nice things about all three of those guys. Cause cause I, I meant it, you know, like, it, right. like if if I ever feel like guys aren't good candidates, well, I'll just leave it alone. You'll never see me comment. Right, right, right. But, you know, I, I do, I did want the Giants fan base to know that I, I did feel like that was a good hire. Um, you know, Joe has worked in a number of different places. He's been around different Different organizations, I think that's great. Um, you know, I, I always, I always cringe a little bit when when guys get hired and they've only been one place, right? Like, just e- even in my situation, spent a lot of time in New England and then Kansas City and Seattle, um, and I had some great takeaways from all three of those different spots. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be the uh, person I am today without those three different experiences. So, uh, I think that's that benefits Joe. I mean, I can speak to his work ethic. Um, he's a really he's a, he's a really good worker. I mean, the guy's out looking for players all the time. I ran into him here in Mobile the day after Thanksgiving um, at a South Alabama Coastal Carolina football game. Uh, you know, and he was he was in New Orleans for the Bills uh, game that weekend against the Saints, and he drove over here to Mobile two hours and uh, saw those guys. And there's a couple good players in that game, a couple top hundred picks in that game. But uh, he still was over here doing it as an upper level
1: guy, uh, assistant GM. Not a lot of guys would do that. Yeah, is that that, rare? Give us an idea about that because, I mean, he is the assistant general manager, right? He's pretty up high high on the food chain at this point. Southern Alabama versus Coastal Carolina.
0: Yeah, he was the, you know, and there's, like I said, two good players, Coastal tight end Isaiah Likely and South Alabama receiver Jalen Tolbert will be top 100 picks, I think. Uh Um, So they are two good players, um, but he easily could have said, you know what, they both had already accepted Senior Bowl invites at the time. So he could have easily just said, you know what, I'll catch him in Mobile at the Senior Bowl um, uh, but he didn't do that. And I think that is a little unique. I think guys, once they elevate to a certain level, some guys take their foot off the gas. Uh, I don't think Joe's done that. So, uh, no, and he, he he's got great people skills. He'll connect. I mean, you'll, you'll get to know him here in the, in the media pretty, pretty quickly. Um, he, he's got a really good way about him. When you're at a school, he's good with coaches. He's good with other scouts. So, uh, you know, again, I can't speak to everything, you know, I've never worked on the same staff with Joe, but just knowing the type of person he is and, and, you know, our, our backgrounds, you know, going back a, a long ways together. Um, I thought, uh, and again, he's, what I like is Joe Lever never skipped a rung on the ladder. Like he's, he's filled almost every single role on a, right. on, a on an organiza- organizational chart, if you will. Um, and he didn't skip any steps. So if there's, you know, I don't think anyone's fully prepared to sit in that GM chair without doing it because there's so much thrown at you in that role that you don't get when you're in a, in a lesser role. So there will be stuff coming at him that he's not used to, but if anyone is prepared um, in the
1: NFL, there, no one can be more prepared than Joe because of all the roles he's held. I have noticed that from talking to people around the league, uh, personnel and executives, they appreciate when a guy works his way up the ladder and sort of doesn't just, ju- you know, get you know declared like a golden boy and and, and fly up the, up the path. They they really seem to uh relish that. I I've noticed I've noticed that from a lot of people around the league when, when I talk to them about guys. It's an interesting concept for sure.
0: Well well Jordan, I think that's the case because that when you're paying your dues in the NFL, that is some hard living, brother. Like you're you're in you're in Fairfield Inns 200 nights a year away from your wife and young kids and a young family like Joe had. Like that is it's not a real glamorous job now when you're when you when you're crisscrossing the country and you know staying in those hotels and away from like it's tough, so right. there's a built in respect for guys that have done it like I, I respect everyone that, that came up you know Joe's path. I think that uh, he, he more than paid his dues, more than yeah. paid his dues.
1: Now, you've worked in quality organizations you've, you know Baltimore, uh, Kansas City, I mean really pretty well run organizations there they've had a ton of success. as the executive director of the Senior Bowl, you work with a lot of these teams, right? What do you see from that bill's uh, operation. Uh, what, what is their sort of reputation that, that Joe has been part of and why, why do you think that they've been successful in building this team up these last few years?
0: Um, yeah, well, I was in new England, not new England and Seattle, not Baltimore, but I do, I do have a, I'm oh, sorry, sorry,
1: sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: I met <laughs> I new a, England. I don't know why I said Baltimore. I got a ton of respect for what <laughs> and Eric and, and Joe Ortiz and all those guys have, have done in Baltimore. But, um, uh, but no, I think uh, I think first you got to start with Brandon Bean and the staff he built. I think you're only your, any organization is only as good as their people. Um, and you look at the guys that Brandon's bought in brought in during his time, starting with Joe, and then guys like Dan Morgan, who left last year to be the assistant GM of the Carolina yep. Panthers. Um, you know Terrence Gray, who's their college director. I mean, there's I could go on and on. They've got a great front office. Um, they've got a great coaching staff. Uh, and and again, what they've done up there for, from the outside, looking in, it feels like it's a really collaborative process between the coaches and the scouts.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, and they've done a great job. I mean, they, you look at what they, what they did yesterday, they they lost a, a tough one, you know, on the road to Kansas city, but you know, obviously they nailed the quarterback pick. Josh Allen's going to be a superstar for a long, long <laughs> time. And then, no you doubt. Just, then you just continue, then you continue to build around that. Again, I was, I was lucky in two situations with New England with Tom Brady and and Seattle with Russell Wilson is that when you have that guy in place, then you just, then you're just putting pieces around that guy. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think when it comes to that Buffalo system, they they have really good people. They have a bunch of good scouts. They work hard at it. And uh, again, like, I feel like they,
1: I feel like it's a a really cohesive organization. Now the Giants search uh, much different than the last time. Uh, You know, I know people around the league, they, they didn't I think much of the search the last time it was kind of seemed to be predetermined. Even people that were involved in it thought that way. This way, a little different. Their finalists uh, included Joe Shane, Ryan Poles, Adam Peters. You worked with the latter two that I just mentioned there. Um, and you mentioned you thought you know, those were good quality candidates. So tell, tell me a little bit just, just to know what, what, what maybe the Giants were thinking about when they, when they saw those guys and uh, what they were kind of choosing between. Um, uh,
0: three good guys. You know, they they like I made a point on Twitter, like they couldn't have they couldn't have made a bad decision. I really don't think they could have made a bad decision there. You know, AP's been uh John Lynch's right hand guy there for a while now in San Francisco. They have obviously built some really good rosters there going to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and now they're on the cusp of it again. Um, and then what Ryan, you know, Ryan got brought into Kansas City. Uh, I was the national scout in Kansas City. Uh, came from New England with Scott Pioli and Scott hired Ryan to be our college scout and coordinator. Um, and so he's really worked his way up in, in, in relatively short period of time. Um, that was 2009. So, yeah. um, and and he's been a part of an unbelievable run, whatever they've won there. I think they've won six division titles in a row in Kansas city. That's, that's a rarefied air. So they've not only have they like won a Super Bowl, but they've built a consistently competitive program. I mean, that, they might go to their
1: third straight Super Bowl. There's not many yeah. teams that go to a three straight Super Bowls. I think there's three in history.
0: Yeah, no, they what they've done to build a, you know, it's not a one-year-wonder type of deal. Like they've they they're and they've done it with different incarnations. If you look, you know, six or seven years ago, this is a different football team. So they've they've been able to maintain, and you you only do that if you're running a quality operation. So um, yeah, I mean, they're they, like those two guys are different, different people. Um but I think the common thread with all three of those guys that the, that the giants were interviewing um, you've got guys that that can communicate that can, you know, I think all three of them would build a good staff. I think Joe will build a good staff there in New York. So, um, and you know, they have leadership and, and again, they've, they've been around good programs. They've seen how they've been built. Um, and there's, there's something to be said for that. So and no, they all have the, res- they all have respect around the league. Like I said, Part of it, it's one thing to have the head guy, whether that's the head coach or the GM, but they they got to they got to put in pieces below them, like like Brandon Bean is done in Buffalo, right? Um, and I th- I think all three of those guys could build a really strong staff.
1: Yeah, that that's actually a, a big next step coming up that people kind of glossing over because the the head coach is, is a decision they have to make also, but filling out that staff under Joe Shane is definitely uh, a big part of the process. So we'll be determining the quarterback and the future of the position there. Now, I know you were a big fan of Daniel Jones. He came down there. Um, I'm wondering where you stand on Daniel Jones after year three of his progression. Well, I'll say this. I
0: don't watch a lot of NFL football anymore. I have no time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty much all college all the time for me. But uh, yeah, I did like Daniel coming out. Uh, I, thought he could be, I thought he could be a winning starter in the league. And uh, I'll say this. It's a dependent position. And I think if anyone looks at it objectively, you can't say that he's been set up for great success with the New York Giants so far, whether that be the pieces around Amen him. Amen to whether, that. Jeez. I mean, whether that's the pieces around him, yes, they've built some good skill people. They seemingly tend to get hurt a lot. Um, you know, they they've, they've have two good young tackles in place, um, but the interior three has been an issue. So, he had, you know, they've changed coordinators a couple of times. I don't know if they've, if they've had that thing, right. So again, if the giants decide to cut ways, cut, you know, part ways with Daniel Jones um, can't fault him for that. You know, if you just look at the record, but if I were at, you know, if Daniel Jones ends up somewhere else in a different situation and he has success and takes teams to playoffs, I would not be surprised by that either. Right. He's athletic. He's smart. He's incredibly tough. I mean, if you've seen how the abuse this guy's taken at minimum, everyone in the Giants fan base should respect the guy's toughness.
1: Yeah. Um, no, No doubt. No doubt. You
0: know, whether you think he's the answer at quarterback or not, I mean, there's a lot, there's still a lot to like about day. He's still a relatively young quarterback. Um, you know, and he's been hit a bunch. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's what you got to assess. Like, Where's he at in terms of his mindset? You've got a young guy kind of like I equated to David Carr coming up with the Houston Texans. I mean, Mm -hmm. they almost set David Carr up for failure with that expansion Houston team putting him behind a a really rough offensive line. Who knows what David Carr's career could have uh, turned out to be. But um, so I think that's what they need to assess in New York. And if they, if they bring in a, a different head coach that could get through to him, I mean, I still think he's got a lot
1: to work with. Right. And, and, but look, I, th- I think that he, the likelihood is he's going to get that opportunity to show them and uh, hopefully be that they're hoping the front office behind an improved uh, supporting cast, but you wouldn't be doing your job if you weren't doing your due diligence on the quarterbacks, regardless, they have two top 10 picks. No doubt. No so doubt. they're sitting in a position where they're going to be watching closely every quarterback that's coming out in this draft, which leads us to the senior ball, right? You got a, Darn good group of quarterbacks out there. Uh, give give us a breakdown of of how you view the group of quarterbacks in this draft. Most of the top ones who are uh, going to be out there in Alabama in the next week or so.
0: Yeah, Jordan. I think uh, you look at this year's group. You know, from from someone that works here at the Senior Bowl, like it's a, it's a great group because it's uh, you know I think it's going to drive the narrative out of our week, and I think it's probably going to drive the narrative the entire draft process because there's uncertainty around it. Um, I think it's a little bit different than last year's group. I think when we started the pre-draft process, you had Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and and Trey Lance and and Justin Fields, probably all already starting off in the top 15. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think Mac Jones probably played himself up into that, you know, into the 15 spot and, and now in hindsight, Mac probably should have went even sooner. Um, I know there's a couple organizations just talking to him. They wish they would have pulled the trigger there on (laughs) on Mac Jones, but I think this year's group is starting lower than that. I think they're probably just talking to teams. Uh, we're, we're more in the mid one to mid two range on all these guys. Uh, but, uh, you know, when we talk about our group, we've got Kenny Pickett from Pitt, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, Malik Willis from, from Liberty, Carson Strong from Nevada, and Sam Howell from North Carolina. Um, there are teams that have first round grades on all five of those guys. Um, I think the, the sixth one of that group will be Matty Corral from Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. Um, he wasn't eligible for our game. He, He didn't have his diploma. Whereas like Howell and Strong were both juniors, but they were graduates. So they could come play. Right. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's five different, really six different skill sets in those top six guys. I think they, they all bring something different to the table. They all have really unique backgrounds, um, in terms of their play history and things they've done. And now we'll, we'll just have to see how it shakes out. I think a lot of that will be determined. Uh, a lot of that will be determined here in mobile because it's real football um and then obviously they'll have the pro days and and combine and whatnot, but uh but no, I think that again, all five all six of those guys are carrying first round grades with at least you know a handful of teams in the league. and uh you know as I, as well as I do, um those uh, they'll, they'll probably be four, maybe five of those guys go in the first round, but the nice thing is we're uh we're kind of sitting here and we got
1: we gotta figure it out. There's a lot to be figured out between now and April. Right, which is what makes the senior bowl that much more important for them because these guys are going to be jockeying kind of for positioning, right? So right. as you're talking to teams, who do you who do you see as the leader heading into the process, kind of deal through the eyes of, of the people you talk to? It, it
0: truly is depending on what team you're talking to because again, these guys all bring something different. I think uh, you know can, Kenny Pickett, in terms of like consensus wise, Kenny's mm-hmm. name gets brought up with basically everyone. Um, had a phenomenal year, you know, he accepted his senior bowl invite a year ago. Um, (laughs) and I had a really frank discussion with him last December when he was trying to decide whether to use that extra COVID year, Uh, um, he would have been fourth or fifth round pick a year ago. And, uh, he came back and was lights out. Uh, A lot of that had to do with health. He was fully healthy this year. Um, but I think Kenny's, Kenny's up there near the top, um, it would probably if I had to pick one that's at the top, it's probably Kenny Red. But that's certainly not a consensus. There's teams that have Ritter no. There's teams that have Ritter one. There's teams that have Willis one. There's teams that have Howell one. Right. Um, so again, it's just going to you know they all like they all bring different stuff to the table. And I think Carson Strong's an interesting one because he's the two-time Mountain West Player of the Year, um, probably the best vertical thrower of the group. And he was playing on one leg greatly this year. The, the guy rushed back off a, a February surgery really four months ahead of schedule because um, he wanted to get on the field and play with his guys. He's got a receiver and a tight end playing in the senior bowl with him, and he wanted to play with those guys this last year. So to his own admittance, you know, he came out and he was playing on one leg. He, he wasn't real mobile. He couldn't get away from trouble. Um, so he was really just stuck in the pocket a bunch. And, uh, and again, he's healthy now. I think we'll see a different Carson stronger in senior bowl week.
1: If you had to, we know how this process goes, right? Uh, quarterbacks, they naturally move up the board, right? You, you say, they you know, mid mid first, early second, a lot of these guys with, right now. But every year we see it, quarterbacks move up, 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 and up. You may, If I ask you, your prediction, you think there's a top 10 quarterback in this year's draft? What would yeah, you say?
0: I, yeah, I think, I think someone will go in the top 10. Yeah? Yeah, I, I don't know who that is.
1: Right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's think, the beauty of this year. That's the beauty yeah. of this year. You don't know who so, that guy is. I think someone will be there. Well, that'll make it, that'll make the senior bowl a lot of fun because everyone will be watching those guys closely. R- r- what other positions, I mean, what positions do you have at the senior bowl that you look at and be like, wow, this is a really strong class. Um, and this going to be a really good draft class at that position. I mean, give us, give us a little insight into that real quick. Are uh, you all right over there? Yeah, You're yeah. choking. I guess see you choking on water. I have a, a zoom review <laughs> here. I was trying to, I was trying to filibuster for a few seconds. So I didn't have you I, die, I, die in the middle of talking here.
0: I noticed that Jordan. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, no, I would say the tight end group is loaded. Um, you know, in terms of the top guy, it's probably Trey McBride from Colorado state who will be here and uh, had a phenomenal year. I think Trey will go in the first round when it's all said and done. Um, But it's a really stacked group. You know, usually we struggle to get to six guys we really like for the Senior Bowl. Um, In most years this year, we're bringing nine. Um, And and we probably could have gotten to 12 or 14. It's a really, really deep class. I think uh, last year, the interior offensive line group was strong. I think this year, the tackle group is very strong. We've probably got four or five tackles in this year's game that could go in the first round. Um, I'm really curious to see how high Trevor Penning can go uh, from northern Iowa. He's a guy that's uh he's a little bit like I I, a little bit like Taylor Lewan for me. Um Mm -hmm. he's a bully, he's really nasty um, and just dominant at, at the FCS level. So to see him come down here and have to block future NFL people will be big for Trevor. I'm curious to see how high he can climb. I think he's gonna have an awesome week. And then uh I'd probably say the pass rush group. I think our edge rush crew, there's probably about five or six guys in that group that could end up going in the first round somewhere. Uh, you got like Majay Sanders from Cincinnati, Kingsley and Agbare from South Carolina, Albert, Arnold Evachetti from Penn state, Jermaine Johnson, Florida state. Um, so that's a, that's a really deep group as well. So if you need the, uh, I know that we go, we go five or six deep um, of guys that probably go in, in late one to uh, early to mid two on, in the pass rush group. So those,
1: those three positions
0: are very strong.
1: I think Giants fans are going to like to hear that because two of their biggest needs you just ripped off right there. Offensive line and edge rusher. I mean, that's at the, at the top of their list. Uh, is there anything else? But first of all, give, give us a, a little rundown of what's, what's coming up on the senior bowl. And if there's anything else that people should know heading into next week's. Uh, really, it's, it's not just the game. Obviously, there's so, there's so much more that comes with it than, than just the game these days.
0: Yeah, we've really tried to build it out, Jordan. You know, like I was at the draft a couple of years ago for ESPN in Nashville and just kind of saw what that event was with with all the adult beverages and uh, free <laughs> concerts going on. I'm like, this isn't a very tricky formula. We need to we need to do some of that in Mobile. So, yeah, we've got we've got a, a downtown concert with Portugal, the man Friday night. That's going to be preceded by a player's Mardi Gras parade because. Mobile is the home of Mardi Gras, so we'll have our guys out chucking autograph
1: footballs on a parade route. It'll be fun. You learn um, that real quick when you go to Mobile that it was the home of Mardi Gras. That's not. It does not take great. long to learn that. I'll tell you that Boston, My first trip there. That was that. Yeah, it yeah, was something cool. I learned real quick.
0: Yeah, you won't, you won't, <laughs> you won't touch down and get off the plane very long before someone tells you that it's not New Orleans and it's Mobile. Um, but no, no. So we got a lot going on. You know, we're we're wide. <coughs> excuse me, wide open again. Last year, we really had to to close down and have a strict bubble because of COVID just to have our event period, practice and game. Yeah, we're wi- we're, we're back wide open uh, to the public this year. We're excited about that. You know, we're coming off a year last year, we had 106 players drafted, which was an all-time high for the Senior Bowl, uh, which was 41% of last year's draft class. So, you know, we had a great year last year, but I, I honestly love this roster. I think, uh, you know, we we're, we're, we're loaded going into the week and it's just it's it's fun to get these guys down here and let these guys, you know, um show off for these thirty two decision makers like joe shane and and uh, hopefully they'll have an offensive, uh, you know, a, a head coach head coach down here with him. Um but yeah, it's just a great week for these guys to connect with the NFL teams, and we're we're fired up about it.
1: Well, we appreciate you coming on. giving us a little insight into Joe Shane and your event coming up that is next week, first week of February, pretty much what the whole week, right you start Tuesday. Run through run through Saturday,
0: yeah. Tuesday practice, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like I said, the Mardi Gras parade and uh, the concert on Friday night. We also have an event on Tuesday night, the Senior Bowl Summit. It's going to be like a panel style format. Uh, Nick Saban, Brian Harson, James Franklin, Steve Sarkeesian, Mel Tucker, kind of a coaches thing. Uh, Kirk Herb Street from ESPN is going to be uh, moderating those panels. Um, should be a really fun event Tuesday night. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all week, man. It's a it's a week long event now from players will arrive on Sunday, the uh, 30th. And uh, and we'll take it
1: all the way through Saturday. Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl. We appreciate your time. Thanks for thanks for stopping by.
0: Yeah, Jordan. Appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you.
1: On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? Must be 21 plus and present in select
0: states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: All right, let's close with a little Jordan on the beat. This is the part of the podcast where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, cover the NFL, or work for ESPN in general. And we just talked about the Senior Bowl, so I might have—I probably told this story before, but this takes me back to okay, my—I get hired to cover the Giants for NJ.com Star Ledger back then. At, uh, in 2013, the middle of the season. So I'm running around with chicken with my head cut off, middle of the season. You know, by then, we think about it. At that point, the Giants are two years removed from winning a Super Bowl. You know, they're second in four years, by the way. Now, their offensive line's falling apart. They're rebuilding a little bit. Anyway, they finished seven and nine that year. Still, you know, they're still considered one of the best organizations in the NFL. They do things the right way. This is the perception, the narrative at the time. You know, the Giants, they do things the right way. They're classy. They know what they're doing. You know, they're not going to go and get those players that are getting into trouble. They're too classy for that stuff. Once a Giant, always a Giant. And so I show up and I go to the Senior Bowl. And on one side of the stadium is Jerry Reese, general manager at the time, Mark Ross, who's like in charge of the draft, and the whole scouting staff. And the other side of the stadium sitting there watching is Chris Mara, obviously John's brother, involved in personnel. Tim McDonald, who's was younger back then. We were talking about, what, nine years ago. So, you know, a young, younger personnel guy coming up, you know, had sort of paid his dues at Notre Dame. But at that time, I think he's still fairly new to working with the Giants and a few other people I don't even remember. And uh, who knows? Like, I probably didn't even know who they were at the time. Like I said, running around with a chicken with his head cut off. I I was trying to introduce myself to a lot of these people. But I see them all. Okay, so there's one group sitting on one side of the stadium and another group sitting on the other side of the stadium. And so my friends are, like, busting my chops because I'm telling them, like, I don't know about this organization. It seems a little bit off. They don't seem to be this great organization that everybody says. They don't seem to be running at like, full capacity and so smoothly. I mean, it looks like they have two separate personnel departments, really. That's what it looked like to me, coming onto the beat. It looked like the Giants had two separate personnel departments. They had the GM and the personnel department, and then, like, a makeshift version that was sort of led by the co-owner in Chris Mara. Like that that's just what the setup looked like, at least to me. And I used to tell my friends, man, I don't know. They're like, you're just a hater. You're just coming in. You, you know, they, they didn't have a good year. You're tearing them down. I'm like, no, no, I'm telling you, there's stuff going on here behind the scenes that it just doesn't it's just not right. It doesn't seem right. This isn't like a a smooth, you know finely tuned machine functioning at Super Bowl winning level. And it was there the Senior Bowl that I saw it firsthand for the first time. And then as we move forward and forward and forward, you realize, hey, there really were cracks. There were problems. There was a divide in the front office. like That did exist 100%. And it was a little awkward. And now you wonder why the Giants are where they are. Because they held it together. Jerry Reese deserves a lot of credit for holding it together for as long as he did, in my opinion. And trust me, personally, Jerry and I have had our run-ins. We're not the closest of friends. And I'm still sitting here telling you he deserves a ton of credit for keeping it together as long as he did. Ernie Acorsi deserves a ton of credit. George Young, a ton of credit for keeping this organization in line as long as they did, and at that Senior Bowl, 2013, that was to me the point where I realized, man, there's more problems here than I realized. So that's what I think about when I think about the Senior Bowl, because that was my that was my first trip ever to the Senior Bowl, which is held in Mobile, Alabama. Which, by the way, when you go there this time of year, you think, oh, Alabama, you know, February, January, February, it's gonna be gonna uh, be warm. Be outside, short sleep. No, it's been, it's, it gets chilly there, man. It gets chilly. It is not that warm in Mobile, Alabama, usually in January, February. You better bring a jacket or you're going to be cold. I'm telling you. Those practices, you stand outside. Also, remember getting there the day of the, uh, one of the championship games. This was the NFC championship game, maybe the Richard Sherman, Michael Crabtree game when he started yelling and screaming. So it was right around that era. Maybe that was, that was, either the first or second year. I remember sitting at a bar watching it with all kinds of NFL people around. That was fun. But that's kind of my one of my biggest memories of the Senior Bowl. And uh, there was also a Jerry Reese story I could tell about the Senior Bowl. I'll do, do, that, do that some other time. I might, I might have already told it about him yelling at me behind the stands at the Senior Bowl. But again, I mentioned it before. I'll say it again. These are the things that come with the job. If you're going to be in this job, it's gonna be ups and downs with people. You better learn how to handle, you better deal with it, learn how to handle it, uh, maintain those relationships, juggle them, uh, smooth them over when they need to. It's part of the gig. And with that, that's the end of this episode of Breaking Big Blue. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, email, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, back TikToking with the daughter. Follow along. Send your questions along. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.